Hello and welcome to this episode of Becoming Eve. Thank you for joining me. My name is Bridget Oshaw. I'm your host. And uh, today I'm going to be talking about what women can do and what men can do. And the reason for this is because um, last week I saw, I watched a program on BBC where they were showing live events about around the celebration of women getting the vote 100 years later. And it was a fantastic program because I was, they showed us people from different parts of the UK where, you know, from people from Edinburgh, people from London, people from Manchester, and women were there, you know, in groups, walking, they were, you know, peaceful um, processions, you know, with women with their banners. And it was really, really, really interesting. I, it, it was really heartwarming because you could see women from every um, background, um, skin color and you know religion and people were seeing different things and you could see how within this um, celebration of womanhood you could see different layers of 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 what people were thinking so you could find for instance somebody talking about how you could they should express themselves women should be free to express themselves and it was a woman with the hijab and one without the hijab and you know you could see different things you could see how people were talking about women who worked on the farms and how they should also have a say in what's going on and you could see how um for instance women who were deaf you know you could see that even though every woman there wants to really you know portray women in the want women to be portrayed in the right light you could see how the different nuances of you know what true feminism can mean for us you know for the world and it was it was really nice and people came together it was peaceful it was fun it was colorful it was really vibrant and it was fantastic um so one of the reasons why i i'm going to discuss you know what women can do what men can do is because you know the commentators are the the, the people who were asking questions from these women you know from from the from bbc the respondents the the correspondents i think they're called <laughs> And they, they were asking, okay, so what are you, what's, they were asking the women on the streets, you know, during the procession, what do you think we can still do? What women need? What do you think is one of our, you know, things that we still need to work on? And everybody agreed that even though it's been a hundred years since the vote, a lot of things have happened, fantastic things have happened to push women's rights and, you know, to give women more, to empower women more all across, across the world, in the UK, everywhere. And, but that there's still room for, for improvement. And that's true. There's always going to be room for improvement. There are places where women's voice cannot even be heard. There are places where they can't even be seen. There are places where they can be seen but not heard and, you know, things like that. However, there were a few things that kept coming up here. I mean, at, at least within this procession, and maybe it's more of a reflection of where women's rights or empowerment is in UK and maybe where you are, the problems might be different. But here, the, the, some of the things that came up were, for instance, even though it's been a hundred years since the vote, since women were given the vote, um, very few women are in, in parliament, very few women are in government. And the, one of the, um, the guests on the panel was talking about the fact that it's been like, there's been like over 4,000 MPs who are men and then just barely 400 women who are women. So um, they also talked about having equal pay, men and women, and they talked about the fact that um, women are still not so many, there are still not so many women in the sciences, and there should be more women in the sciences, 
and they you know they, then i think one of the other one of the ladies on the field said something about um the fact that women are still the primary carers you know if you she did make she did she did you know give an example like if you go to pick kids at school in the afternoon you would see that most of the pe- women well, the people standing there waiting for their kids are women very few are men so i'm going to touch on a few of these issues because i think that i think they are right um but i don't believe that they are wrong i don't believe that those things that they ha- they are saying those things that they are saying as problematic are problematic so i would i'll, I'll start with women being in parliament, more women being in parliament. Now, I think it's a shame that more women are not in parliament. I believe that women are equipped to be able to um, to guide, to guide, to lead. I believe that we've got um, the tenacity to be able to look at things from a very, very balanced point of view. And, you know, before I even go down this road, I, I think that we need to remember, and it's very, very important, and, and it's something I feel very passionate about, and I think... Is something that sometimes we do tend to lose touch of. We are not the same as men. We are never going to be the same as men. We don't want to be the same as men. We don't want to be exactly the same. And we need to understand what makes us human and separate that from what makes us man or woman. Because just like you would have, you know, a species, you know, let's let's not say human beings now, let's say dogs. And you have there's some dogs that are big, there's some dogs that are small, there's some dogs that are hairy, there's some that don't have, you know, you can have different varieties of the same species. Let's look at humanity as a species and, re- and understand first and foremost that we are human beings. And as human beings, we are equal. As human beings, we have been made in the image and likeness of God. That is never going to change. And because we are equal, we should have the same rights, we should be given the same dignity. That is non-negotiable. I'm not even going to go into whether women should be respectful or men should not be respectful and things like that. We are all equal. We are created equal. We are both, and because, and this is because we are, we are both human. Man and women are both human, and being human means that we're made the image and likeness of God. And because of that, we derive our dignity, and our strength and our worth from the fact that we are both made in the image and likeness of God. It doesn't have anything to do with whether. Um, she's a woman, she's got breasts and she hasn't got breasts and this man has got a penis and things. I'm sorry I'm being a bit graphic but this this is very important and I think it's something that we need to, you know, to, 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 to call out and to say we are both equal so we know that we are fighting, we've been fighting for equality for a long time but I think that somewhere along the line sometimes we mix equality with sameness and they're not the same being equal is different from being the same I have two two girls, two daughters one of them is just going to be six in a couple of months, in a few weeks actually, and the other one's going to be four in a few months. Well, they, they have the same father and they have the same mother. They are both girls, but they are different. One of them, the first one, is more creative. She's more of, she likes to read, she likes to paint and draw, she, you know, she, she likes to learn and, and things like that. The other one is also very smart. Um, I should say the first one didn't speak quickly. She struggled with her language, communication, and things like that for a while until she's she's quite good with that now. But she did struggle. The second one was very from the very beginning. She could speak very. She spoke very quickly. In fact, you know, if she wants something from you, she can negotiate with you. And you're like, you're thinking, are you just three years old? Her sister wasn't ever able to do that. And more, more, another thing is the, the the younger one can climb. You know, can 
you know, jump. She was, she's very athletic. I mean, I don't know what's going, the future is going to hold for her, but she looks to me like somebody who probably prefers to be a gymnast or a dancer or, or something like that. She's, in, she's very much in tune with her body. It's, 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 it's amazing to see. So they are both girls. They were both born, you know, to the same parents, but they are very different. It does not mean that, you know, one is better than the other. It doesn't mean that one is um, greater, has more value than the other. They are both equal, equal. they've got both equal value. We love them both very much, but they are different. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm using this example because, not because it's the best example to use, but just to kind of give, uh, you know, some kind of similarity or some kind of analogy or, or something to able to understand that we can be, we and men are, can be equal, we can, but we can be different, and we can still be equal in our, we can still be equal in our diversity. So, and I know that this goes without saying because I think instinctively from the beginning of time we've always known this because you look at a man and you can see that he is different from a woman, and you know without even overthinking it, without thinking of the philosophy, the theology, the biology, and things like that. We instinctively know that we are different and that because we are different, we are better equipped to do certain things. We will be equipped to do things differently. So a man might be better equipped to do certain things and a woman may be better equipped to do certain things. And these things are not just other things, I mean. And these things are not just um, physical things. So, for instance, we know that, you know, um, on average, a man will be stronger, physically stronger than a woman. So maybe because of that, it's easier for him to lift things, you know, to to fight if there's a danger, if somebody comes to your home and, and you know, maybe easier. It doesn't mean that the woman might not fight. Probably you might find your situation that if that happens to you, maybe you as a woman might be stronger and bolder. It doesn't have anything. I mean, that's, that's, that's by the way. All I'm saying is our differences may equip us to do certain things better than other things, you know. And, but because, but because we've been struggling to be to be heard for a long time we are now trying to 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 feel like we're, you know you know you know you look at feminists who would burn their bras you know just to show that you know their you know things like that that kind of make them feel different are bad you know you don't want to talk about your menstrual cycle oh my god don't talk about that you know those are things of weakness because it's feminine it's not masculine and i don't blame us for sometimes thinking that way because we have been discriminated against in in different ways and because of that we now tend to see what we have what is feminine has been inferior has been weak and we want to throw those things out and try to be like men because you know they're on top so let me see but what we don't realize is that because they have we have been discriminated against does not necessarily mean that they are good i mean if somebody discriminates and dominates other another person what 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 you would normally say from that circumstance or that situation is to say that person is wrong and that person needs to change, not that you now need to be like that person. You don't have to be like that the person who has been discriminating against you. You don't have to be like the person who has been dominating you. It should be the other way around. And so, if we first of all divorce the idea that unless we are like men, unless we behave like men, we are not equal. That then we 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 need to start from the angle like we are not equal. Sorry, we are not the same. Does not mean that we're not equal. And if anything, we should um, we should disregard a lot of the things that they do. We don't want to do things exactly the same way. So if we're in charge, would we do, we do we want to do the same as men? No. So now let me come back to the fact that um, even though physically we're different, you know, we know that a lot of a lot of um, 
a lot of research has been gone has gone into trying to understand men's brains and different things. Science has shown us that men's brains are different, sometimes bigger than women's brains, and they they are more adapted to be able to you know do special cognitive. Uh, no, sorry, um, you know visualize things or you know have stronger special ability than us. Maybe this is because you know historically, or maybe this is why historically men would go out very easily to hunt and to gather and to do things, and then. That women are women's brains are better at verbal aptitude, communication, writing, you know, um, understanding what's going on, having that perceptiveness, and 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 again maybe maybe because this is because we have to take care of kids, we have to run the home, we have to do those things. So the question will now be, because he's better at that and he's not good at what you do, and you're better at this and he's not good at what you do. Does that mean that both of you are horrible? Does that mean that you're not the same oh sorry it doesn't mean that you're not equal no it just means that each person can can use their strengths to to make a better world to make a better home to make a better workplace so yes it is um it is a shame that we don't have more women in the in in, in the government and if this is because we don't feel encouraged to do so then we do need to fight we do need to say we want to be there we want to we want to stand up as um as uh, as politicians we want to, if you feel called to do that and again i don't know because again there's a lot of social um there's a lot of social implications or things that we can see social not nuances that we can see if a woman is trying to you know go there and she's seen as being ruthless and she's being she she, be, she feels like the reason why she can she should be the reason why she would win an election or be elected to a post or something is for, if she is ruthless and she's like a man again you might find that more women who feel like they have to fight are the ones who are actually being who are actually going into position so yes i think that women have a lot to contribute to government and it would be it would be wonderful if more of us are represented over there if you feel called to do something along those lines please please fight for your rights to be able to do that now i'm going to talk about women um not being in the sciences so much i and again i have to ask is it is the question will be are women not in science because they have been discouraged from being in science or because they don't think that they have the natural attitude to go into science because if women and as an example i'm not a scientist and i'm just saying this because i i just want us to understand this this is more or less let's let's try to get to the to the to the root of this problem or to understand what's really going on if men are if men's brains are typically not all the time but typically more um geared towards special ability and things and you know and this and things that have been noticed from children as far back as few months old, two, three months old, when they don't have any societal pressure to change or to, to, to behave in a certain way. If this has been noticed that men have that kind of ability, would they be far-fetched for us to think that the reason why more men are in that kind of field or in that kind of um, um, work environment is because they have a natural aptitude. It may not be very, it may not be so much stronger than women's, but it may be there, and that can be the reason why men might want to go into that field, and women might not feel the desire, or the the urge to go into mathematics or to go into sciences. And if you're watching me, a woman in those kind of things, and it's fantastic, and it's, I think if it's something that you really love to do, I think you should be there and you should do that. Please, please, and please do that. But the question is, do we see women not being in the sciences or in the maths or engineering sciences in general 
as an education that we are being oppressed or we are being dominated or because we don't feel that we have the natural aptitude or the inclination to even do it. Why should we be forced to do something we don't want to do? Why should we be forced to do something that we don't feel like we, we that's not our best, that's not where we're going to shine? I'm a very strong believer of you know, knowing your gifts, knowing who you are called to be, knowing what talents you have, and then working so hard to work on those talents so that you can actually make a difference. Otherwise, what happens is you're struggling. You're struggling. You have your talents. You're not using it. You're not trying. Just because you want to prove a point, you're struggling in another field where you might never, ever excel because you are not the best. You don't have that natural talent for it. So you're not gifted to do that. But you're just there like, you know, an average person who is also there where there's a place where you can excel and be the best, you know. That's my, that's something that, that's one of my life, my personal life philosophies. So I want us to look at the idea that women are not in science, so many women are not in sciences, not just because we feel like we are being oppressed or dominated or excluded or discriminated against, but because we don't have the natural ability to do that. Having said that, if you can encourage a woman to go into sciences, please do that. If she has the natural ability to do it and she wants to do it, please do that. But don't let us be feel forced. Don't let us be forced or feel forced to go into sciences because men are there. So why shouldn't women be there? It doesn't matter. Maybe there are other things that women do more. You know that things have to do with communication, verbal aptitude, writing, teaching that women are better at. And then maybe there are more women in those areas of that, those fields. And you know more women than men. And probably men might feel discriminated against in that place. So I want us to be more balanced and not go for things simply because men are doing it. So therefore, it's important that we are also there. I don't think this is a race. I don't think this is a. I don't think this is a competition. It's about the competition we should have. Is about how to. Be the best version of ourselves. How can I be the best version of myself? God has created me uniquely. He's given me my gifts. He's given me my aptitude and all the things I can, I I I I do already have. And each person has been given that kind of um, resources and talents and gifts. How can I maximize my gifts? How can I share my gifts? It's not about how can I be better at this than X Y Z or than that person. That's not that's that shouldn't be the focus, you know. So again, I'll come back again to. Having equal pay now, you're talking because I don't believe that if I if I can quantify the amount of work I'm doing and the guy is doing the same amount of work that he ought to be paid better. It just that doesn't even feel seem fair. It, 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 that's just actually, you know, it's happening everywhere in the world, but it's just crazy. It doesn't make any sense because unless you can prove to me that. I'm not doing as good a job as he's doing. So for the output is the same. If, for instance, I'm supposed to speak to 10 clients and get results for 10 people, and I do that, and he's doing the same thing, he's getting results for 10 people, and we can quantify that, the output is the same, I should be paid the same as the man. Simple, period. There's no argument about that. So, of course, it's something I believe that we should keep working and fighting for. It is very, very important that we women don't feel discriminated along those lines so that we can actually go to work knowing that we are being paid the right things and the right amount of money that we should be paid. Then, the, the last thing I was going to talk about was the issue of childcare. And I'm a woman. I One of the one of my dreams is to be able to drop my daughter, my daughter, my kids at school and pick them. This is not because I can't go to work like anybody else, but this is because I do want to just be there for them. And I know that there are many men who would actually also love to be the ones picking and dropping their kids, but well, they have to go to work. And I know that women will also love to be able to drop and pick their kids, but they have to go to work. My point is, the fact that women are primary carers are not necessarily, is not, is not necessarily a bad thing in itself. We have been designated to be the primary carers of kids 
that's why we are the ones who get pregnant that's why we're the ones who have the babies and that's why we're the one who breastfeed now when it gets to a certain point of course we are needed less in the sense that men can you know somebody else can take care of your child for you take your child to school drop your child and things like that but the question again to ask is those women who are dropping their kids at work uh, sorry at school are they doing it because they feel forced to do it would they rather be doing something else and what is stopping them from doing something else if I don't want to take my daughter to school every day and pick her up from school every day or take my daughter, my kids to school, the other ones too as well because she started school very soon. If, I'm, if I don't want to do that, what would I rather be doing and who would I rather do that job for me? Does it matter that it's a woman doing that job or, does it, or, 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 or is the problem that women are forced to do that job? So I think it has to be a distinction between the two. The fact that more women are dropping their kids, are the ones taking care of their, uh, of their kids than men, is not necessarily a bad thing unless the woman feels discriminated to do that. But I think that the, the, I think that the, the question actually can be flipped and we have ask ourselves, what if women were paid to take care of their kids as a certain? What if they were supported to be able to do that? How many women would remain in the workforce if they knew that by staying home to take care of their young children, they are not going to lose money, they're not going to lose their jobs, or they might not lose their careers. I'm sure that you might find that most many women who are in the workforce would, will take that option. I mean, I anyway, I, depending on the background of your woman or a man listening to this, you might not be in touch with what every woman is thinking. And I'm, I'm not claiming to be in touch with what every woman is thinking. But after working and speaking and you know, working with hundreds of women to build their families, I know that a lot of women would love to have the opportunity to at least take care of their kids, um, at least up to a certain certain um, stage of their lives, and not have to be forced to go back to work just after they've had the kids. You know, I know women who are in tears whenever they have to leave their kids after a few months, you know, or a year, and it's really, really, really tough for them. Not because they don't want to work, but because they form such strong bonds with their kids. They know that they are in a better position to take care of their kids than, you know, a child carer or somebody else doing the same job. So I know that the fact that women are taking care of their kids is not the problem. I think the problem is, do those women want to go back to the workforce? Are they being forced to take care of their kids? Or will those women love to take care of their kids and also be able to know that they can go back to work when their kids are a bit grown up or they are even being paid or supported by the government or by their companies or their or, 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 or their workplace to be able to stay at home and take care of their kids even more. I think the answer might surprise us as women. And I don't think, and unless, let, let me say this, let me round up with this. It is not a sign of weakness for a woman to want to take care of her kids. It is not a sign of weakness for a woman to want to take care of her family. It is not a sign of weakness for a woman to stay at home and be a homemaker. It is a, it is a, it, it's, it's a sign of love and, de and dedication. And I'm not saying that you have to do this. If you're a mom or a mom-to-be and you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, Bridget wants all of us to stay at home and take care of their kids, this is not my message. My message is there is nothing wrong with women choosing to take care of their kids. When we talk about choice and um, choice for women, empowering women. We we take we typically always tend of to think of this as being able to go back there and work with the men, the same do the same things as men. And I think it's very wrong. I think the idea of empowering a woman or anybody is for them for you to give them choices and for them to be able to have the ability and the 
the courage to be able to choose the one that's best for them because of course you can have different choices and one of them is not good for you and some are good for you and that but that's not the point the point is give women the option to or the choice to be able to decide what is best for them and their family so if a woman says you know what i would love to go back to work because i love my work i know that my family will benefit from an extra income i have you know from from my pay <clears throat> i know that um, I'll, I'll be able to use my gifts to make a difference in the world. I have talent. I have the skills. That's fantastic. She should be able to do that. And if a woman says, you know what, I would love to stay with my family. I'd love to take care of my home. I'd love to take care of my kids until a certain age, for instance, or maybe, you know, for as long as I want. I want to be able to take care of my kids until they are eight, the, the youngest one is five years old. I want to be to form a character or to stay with her or with him and take him to school and, you know, help him to socialize and things like that. She should have the choice to be able to do that as well. And empowering her to be able to t make that choice might, might mean different things. It could mean having a prolonged maternity leave. Why not? It could mean... Being um, able to um, stay at home and get something from the government or from her workplace, especially if she's worked a certain um, number of years at work. Maybe she could have some kind of mom pension for a few years where she can actually still have her job or maybe not have that job anymore, but still be paid something to take care of her child. That's giving her a choice. Now she can choose to stay at home, take care of her kids, or she can now choose to go back to the workforce. It's a choice. That is, that is women empowerment. That is empowering women to make the choice that they want. But some just simply saying that because women are carers they're the ones you know you see taking their kids from school and and as if this is a bad thing i disagree i completely disagree so i think this boils down again to understanding what women want understanding that because we're equal to men does not mean that we have to be the same as men understanding that we have things to teach men things that might make us look weak like oh she's she's very emotional she she's she's feeling this way she's feeling that those 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 things are things that sometimes men need to understand that it's not just about um what facts one plus one is equal to two sometimes when you are dealing with human beings you cannot just make abrupt um, logical but um colorless decisions these are things we need to teach. Those things that you might look and say they're feminine and they are soft and they are, they are weak. Those are the things that they are not. And don't let people make us feel like we are weak for wanting certain things. If we want them because that's how we are and that's what makes us happy, then we do want them and we have a right to them. And we also have, and, and they can also benefit from learning from us just as we are trying to learn from them. They should also learn from us. So we are not the same as men. We don't want to be the same as men. We are both equal. We have equal dignity, equal value, but we are different. And you know what, my sisters or brothers, if you are listening to this, that is just fantastic and that's just great. So with this, I'm going to round up this podcast for the week. Um, I hope you have a really lovely week. Again, if you want to, um, you know, if, if you want to communicate with me or want to send me, you'll talk to me about a topic or give me feedback on anything you've been listening to, send me an email, babies at shirimama.org or visit um, org. And I will get back to you as soon as possible. Take care and God bless. Bye.